Hey, good morning. Well, at least it's morning for me. Um, 11.28 a.m. I am fairly new to this podcast thing, but I really feel like this is an important topic to discuss. I'm hoping to talk to other people in a similar situation. Um, And I have, but, you know, kind of get their permission to talk about that type of stuff. Um, So welcome to Healthcare Hullabaloo. I'm Hannah. I am 23. I'm in California. I have had quite a quite a crazy life. It was all pretty good until I'd say the beginning of 2021 where my health started to decline. I it was like one day I woke up, went to work and like I could not stay awake in my desk. I like was going to fall asleep at my desk. I had to leave work. I was so tired and drained and just had general malaise, did not feel well. Um, and so I thought, oh, maybe I just have a bug. Um, I'd been vaccinated for COVID, flu the year before, so I was like, it's probably none of those, but I was like, maybe it's just a bug. So I waited like a month or more <laughs> just just to see what would come of it maybe it would go away um and then and then I started having episodes where I felt like I was gonna pass out my heart rate was super wonky my blood pressure was wonky and I just was not feeling well and I couldn't even like stand up to walk half the time um so I was like, something's not right. So I finally made the appointment to go see my primary. Um, I went and saw my the, the cardiologist that I had previously seen for something else. <laughs> um, and just to check out the heart rate blood pressure thing um he looked he did echoes um ekgs nothing you know nothing really showed um it showed that i had i was in sinus tachycardia for um you know most of them but he didn't find think that was abnormal he thought I just was anxious like I'd have a heart palpitation and I'd feel anxious um she was like you're fine nothing wrong with you continued to have these episodes and continued to see my primary um and she was like no there's still she's she felt like something was wrong still and she kind of in in hindsight you know, her idea was right. It it completely was, but this doctor was like, you know, didn't think anything was wrong. He was like, you know, made me spend hundreds of dollars to be like, oh, you're fine. Um, so she did end up changing my antidepressant to see, oh, maybe is it anxiety? She, 
I don't think she thought it was, but she was like, let's do the easiest thing. Um, so I went on duloxetine, which is a SNRI, serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. It also helps with chronic pain, which I also deal with on a daily basis. So she was like, maybe it'll help with that or and the pain. You know, it doesn't always work with pain, but um so did that. Um noticed that my depression was better. Um I'd kinda because I felt tired all the time, I was kinda just like meh. Um I wasn't like as depressed as I had used you know, used to be, but um it helped with that. You know, I felt a little better in that regard and um but the anxiety like symptoms were still there you know the the heart rate the feeling like I was gonna pass out um you know that was still there and so we were like that's not quite right so she sent me to another cardiologist and kind of from the beginning she thought it was POTS um and and in a little bit, I'll explain what that is. Um, it's an acronym. But she's like, this really seems like POTS. Um, so she had tested for a pheochromocytoma, which can actually cause a type of POTS. Um, there's different type types of POTS. But she tested for that to see, you know, do I have a tumor that's causing my adrenal glands to release a lot of um, steroid hormones, and that was normal, so she's like, well, it's still, it really seems like POTS, so she sent me to, um, another cardiologist a little bit farther away that actually listened, he looked at my, you know, previous imaging, um, records, and, tested my orthostatics um, and if you don't know what that is that's where they test your blood pressure heart rate upon um, going from lying to sitting sitting to standing um, and at the time I was very symptomatic and really really fit the <laughs> criteria for um, what would later be diagnosed as POTS um, so he took the time he listened he was like yeah, you have that 30-point increase in a BPM that classifies as POTS. Um, So POTS stands for Postural Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome. And essentially what that means is when I stand up, gravity, you know, does, does funny things to my body and my heart rate you know, my vascular system isn't constricting like it should to prevent um, gravity from pulling your blood down. Um, My body wasn't doing that, so my heart rate would increase at least 30 beats per minute to try and compensate, try to bring the blood back up. But, you know, with no avail, you know, your blood vessels aren't constricting in addition to that. It's not going to do anything, (laughs) you know. Um, I don't have what would be orthostatic hypotension where it's a drop of blood pressure every time. Um, And there's some level of normal, I think, like, 
for most people, your heart rate might increase 10 to 15 beats per minute. Um, and you may have a quick drop in blood pressure, but nothing significant. Um, so I wasn't having that drop in blood pressure. Um, and that's only necessary for like orthostatic hypotension and other um, like baroreflex type um, disorders. And so I did classify as POTS with the symptoms, the you know heart rate of 30 beats per minute increase or more. Um, and sometimes it is more. Um, and they both fall under the general umbrella of dysautonomia. And that just means that your autonomic nervous system that is supposed to just automatically make your blood vessels constrict when you stand up or um, go from laying to standing or sitting to standing. Any postural change where gravity could affect the blood um, in in your vascular system, it, it's supposed to compensate. And for most people it does, but for dysautonomia, it does not. Um, and, you know, that's just one aspect. It could be your autonomic nervous system in regards to urinary continence, um, breathing. This is just one aspect is your blood pressure, vascular system, heart rate, um, you know, which is POTS or the static hypotension, inappropriate sinus tax. Sometimes um, your heart rate just increases for no reason, no matter what position. And my provider put in my chart possible IST because, um, of course, he didn't observe moments of it jumping for no reason. He only observed the, the pots in his office. Um, but yeah, so he actually took the time to you know, evaluate me and listen to me, where as this first cardiologist totally brushed me off and said it's anxiety. And unfortunately, that happens a lot in dysautonomia diagnoses. Doctors diagnosis, diagnose it as something else, or they diagnose it as anxiety or brush it off. And, you know, sadly for a lot of us, it takes a long time to get diagnosed for me, it was about a year um, to get a diagnosis, but um, from when I first started exhibiting symptoms to getting a diagnosis, it was close to a year. But some people, it takes two, five, ten, you know, it could even take decades, sadly, and some people are never truthfully diagnosed that have it. Um, and that's a very sad part about it is that people do often get brushed off and do um, get dismissed by doctors. And I even, you know, I had that situation. I knew this was not anxiety. I, it felt so physical and it felt so different from what I've experienced as anxiety in my past. Um, I knew it wasn't, but even you know, having some people in my life be like, yeah, no, you're just anxious. You don't even, sometimes you don't know what your anxiety is like. And that's true. That very well can be true, but 
I knew, I, I knew deep down that this was different. Um, and I think we often know, you know, we get brushed off and we know, you know, thankfully my primary provider believed in me and she, you know, she was like, I, I know. And she cared enough to, to take it that step further. Um, you know, all it took was for her to believe me and to see that it was affecting me, um, to be able to get a a diagnosis and eventually treatment later on, um, down the line. I didn't have a official tilt table test and from my cardiologist, he said, you don't necessarily need an official one. The, what they call poor man tilt table tests are just as accurate where you lay down on an exam table, you sit up, so you change your posture, um, and then standing up, um, and as far as I know, you, you don't need a prop, prop, like a proper one where they actually move you, um, you can still be diagnosed because you're still changing positions, and, you know, I felt so symptomatic when he did it, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I thought I was gonna pass out, um, you know, my blood pressure was pretty normal, um, but, you know, you, you, the blood drains from your head, so you're losing blood from your head, so you will feel that way, um, whether or not you're having any significant blood pressure changes, um, and so I was, I did that, spoke with him, um, and then I went, I wasn't officially diagnosed with POTS at the time, but it was kind of unofficially put in my chart, and so they first will have you do a lot of lifestyle changes. Make sure you're having salt and water. Um, the salt helps you retain water, um, you know, in, within your cells. Um, so your, you know, it helps bulk up your blood volume, which in some of our cases isn't necessarily the issue. It's not a hypovolemic which is low blood volume type pots, but it can help um, to make sure that you're hydrated and maintaining that water. So I started out with that, kind of had been doing it a lot, you know, all along, but not to the extent I started to drink like somewhere between a half a gallon and a gallon of water a day, Um, got like six to eight grams of salt, and it helped somewhat didn't, you know, I still had some pretty severe episodes, but, you know, it, it helped somewhat, and I, I know for some people, that's all they, they need, that compression garments, I started wearing compression socks, compression hose, um, putting them on before I got out of bed to make sure that I didn't have blood just draining to my feet, um, so, I did that, followed up with him like two, three months later, and I was like, you know, it's better, but it's still not great, or not where I wanted it to be, and so I spoke with him, 
and it started me on a medication called Corlaner, and it works on the sinus node of the heart to slow slow the heart rate without necessarily causing you to have low blood pressure. Because I've had episodes of high and low, and I think that's pretty normal. Um, for the most part, it's normal, but, you know, I didn't want it to, to bottom out. Because there had been a couple moments where, like, I was on the verge of, of passing out, so my blood pressure was, like, super low. But, you know, there, I didn't want to have to deal with that. Um, cause I had been on, before I was diagnosed, metoprolol to just kind of help calm my system. And I think my primary knew that it was like POTS. So like she did that just to ha- help me feel better until I, um, had, until I saw the cardiologist. Um, so he prescribed me Corlaner. Um, it's a very, very expensive medication that insurances don't cover unless you use it for its FDA or whatever approved um, use, which is heart failure, but it's also used for POTS and IST patients, um, POTS again being postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome and IST being inappropriate sinus tachycardia Um so it can be used for those things and actually has been proven in their studies that show how well it works. Um, so I started that. It's been expensive. Um, I have better insurance this year that kind of covers it some, somewhat, but that's been wonderful for me. And I've noticed that... Um, it's helped a lot. You know, I can actually, in the beginning, I couldn't stand upright for too long. Um, I felt like, I felt awful. I really did. Um, I had to use a walker for a while to just kind of, um, wheel myself around the house. Um, so, I mean, now I can stand, I can go for a walk. Um, I have other, health issues, but in regards to the POTS, like, I feel better, um, and this medication has just been wonderful in making sure I'm hydrated, drinking electrolyte beverages, having some salt, um, in addition, but it's, it was a crazy journey going from, oh, you have anxiety, and even having someone in my life, personal life, say that, um, and a doctor say that, too, where I am now, you know, not perfect, um, and again, only the POTS has been diagnosed and managed, but being able to cook over the stove again, you know, get up and walk to the bathroom, being able to stand, go for a walk, you know, simple things that were like, oh, you know, you know, before we're diagnosed, or people that are normal in regards to autonomic function, you know, you, you take those things for granted, I think. But then once I was able to do these things, it was like, oh my gosh, I feel a little bit more normal. I feel a little bit, you know, just feeling better physically in regards to that was just amazing. And, you know, I do get a little, um, 
emotional talking about it, but having one doctor, one provider believe me and and really want wanting to help me helped me get from one cardiologist saying, "Oh, you're fine." And if he had actually like looked at the data, he probably would have seen POTS um having had a two-week heart monitor um, and me verbally telling him going from sitting to standing made it worse um, and feeling faint. um, Going from that to being, oh, you're fine, to a diagnosis, someone actually looking at it and be like, yeah, you you know, you have the, the marker of 30 plus BPM increase upon standing to to see that and have someone say yeah you have this and that that could mean this usually does mean you know in my case POTS you know someone else orthostatic hypotension and there's so many different types of uh, dysautonomia um, neurocardiogenic syncope Autonomic dysflexia, baroreflex failure, fam- familial dysautonomia, diabetic autonomic neuropathy. That's actually, I would say, the most common one people have probably heard of in orthostatic hypotension. Um, but have going from, oh, you're fine, you have anxiety, to, to diagnosis and treatment and to feeling more normal... Um, you know, I, I realize depending on, you know, what the, the Lord, what, what his will is and what he has in store for me in my life, um, it could be something that is long-term and, and it's considered chronic at this point because it has been over a year. Um, but you know, having some sense of normalcy and management, um, you know, for now, for however long this is something that I deal with is just amazing. And, you know, it really does. It gets me a little, a little emotional to think about it, but just that, that jump again with that crucial piece of having my primary be like, no, I think it's POTS. And then having my cardiologist who is now my current cardiologist who's super caring and um you know test and confirm that um that that's just been amazing you know it's like no I'm not crazy I'm not just anxious and a lot of the times doctors do say that they're in regards to dysautonomia it's so misunderstood and you know there's not a lot of information out there and so you know they will say it's anxiety or oh it's in your head you know you're just kind of something's not right so to to have that validation and a you know a, a label to be like no it's not I even got to the point where I was wondering if it was all in my head um so you know that's kind of my story um in a nutshell and I would love to continue to talk more about it um you know this was just my journey from the beginning of it to now but talk about you know those bad days talk about the the good days um 
but I just kind of wanted to do a general from start to present um, type podcast and continue this conversation, you know, ask people for input. I, you know, I want to hear other people's stories because recently I joined some Facebook groups, Instagram pages of people with a similar diagnosis of either POTS or other forms of dysautonomia. It's been great just hearing other people's stories, you know, realizing that I'm not alone in and, and you feel alone until you hear those stories, but realizing that, sadly, other people, too, have had doctors dismiss them and say, oh, you're anxious, you know, here, take this, um, when in reality it was a physical problem, a physical disease, an illness, whatever you want to call it, um, but that's been helpful to me, and I want to continue this conversation. And I'm one of the lucky ones that is treated and di- you know diagnosed, and it only took a year. You know, I, I think too with the COVID stuff, that's pretty pretty good to um, have. You know, it only be a year, but some people it takes so much longer. Um, But I feel so lucky and I just want to continue the conversation and get my story out there that people can um, get a diagnosis and a treatment and get back to some semblance of normalcy. You know, it may be a new normal, but people can get back to that and people can lead regular lives in, in some sense. You know, obviously there are cases more and more severe than mine you know I'd say mine's kind of moderate where it did affect me and getting treatment has helped but there I understand that there are people that it affects worse than me and maybe can't do the same things that I can do or someone else can do but I I want people to know that they're not alone in this and that there are other people out there just like them they two can get a treatment and get diagnosis and realize that they're not crazy it's not in their head and they're not anxious but thank you for listening to that I know it was a little long I was hoping to keep it short I imagine in the future they'll be a little shorter but because this was kind of a long one you know from start to finish um But thank you for joining Healthcare Hullabaloo. I hope you have an amazing day. Stay safe and healthy. And we will see you guys later.